What are the three primary dances around power that are rumbling in all of your relationships? And how can becoming more adept with these dances help you in creating fulfilling personal and work relationships? Hey, Adele Wong here, and welcome to the podcast where we explore all things around your purpose, meaning, identity, consciousness, and what it takes to really maximize and get you the most fulfilling and bodacious life and livelihood. After my last clip, I received quite a bit of emails and questions. People really wanted to know more about these three primary dances. So if you haven't heard the last clip, I encourage you to go back and just listen to get an overview of these three primary dances that are distinctly different and that in order to create the best relationships, you kind of need to know which of the three dances you're in. And in a previous clip, I explained that most people in this culture are typically only aware of one. And that has people painting all of their relationships with the same dance towards power. Um, And it's usually one of the mama dog. Um, It doesn't really matter if you're a man or a woman, but in this particular dance, there is a tendency to treat most everyone in your life as someone that needs to be helped and nurtured along in some way. And it's coming from a good place. And this can also wreak havoc when you're trying to create more fulfilling relationships because people typically only know how to be fixing everyone else and are unaware until something happens with their health, depression sets in, and then there's often a sense of, what about me? And they don't know how to switch that. So my hope is that these clips will give you a taste of what's possible. And in this clip, I'm going to focus on the second dance. And that's the one of peer-to-peer, puppy-to-puppy. This is the one that I think people really struggle with in this culture. And I explained in the previous clip that in the wild, when a litter of puppies is born... They first need to be nurtured by mama dog. They're sucking on her for nutrients. She's keeping them warm. She's holding them in her energy field. She's protecting them. And they are drawing upon her. She is nourishing them with her body. And at some point, these puppies develop teeth. And they start to suck a little bit too hard. And it hurts mama dog. So nature has an instinctive way of her pushing back on her puppies to say, enough, you're biting me a little bit too hard, and oh, by the way, now go off and explore your amazing young body. And this is when puppies develop a sense of autonomy and mobility, and they are delighted to be playing with each other. They're still somewhat close by to mama dog, but they are discovering more of their own agency. Hot dog, I've got a body, I can move, and they are discovering what it's like to push and pull amongst themselves. That this dance of learning to fight and tussle and argue and snarl over a juicy bit of rabbit meat or or run around the yard chasing each other, pulling tug-of-war, that that play is so essential 
to these puppies developing into a well-adjusted, happy adult dog. Because they learn during this tussle period with peers. They learn about their own strengths. They learn how to push back on boundary. They also learn the strength of their own bite. And there's an awareness developing that when we're playing, you know, we can have a rough and tumble um, wrestling match. And then at the end of the day, slap a high five and go home and, and share a, a nice dinner together. This ability to do a fighting dance with your peers is the beauty of the second dance. And what has happened in our culture is we don't know how to do this very well. Why? It's because we have become a culture that has assumed all rough and tumble arguing and fighting is bad. Stop it. Stop it right now. That's bad. It's shameful. You should be quiet and still. And in a previous clip, I explained that's kind of like cutting the legs off of a puppy out from under him. And he's left sort of limping around, never exploring his full strength. Because when puppies in the wild are playing, they learn an important lesson that when they're playing and biting at each other, they're not literally trying to kill and murder each other. There is an awareness of play, They're aware of their sharp teeth, but they're not exactly going for each other's jugular. And this is what's missing in our ability to to negotiate and, and push back with peers. In that if you are raised to believe that any sort of dissension and arguing and fighting and wrestling and tussling is bad, then any hint of dissension that comes along becomes highly threatening it becomes like you might die if someone is angry with you. Every argument or debate starts to feel like something that needs to be fought to the death for an egoic survival. That fight or flight kicks in that this is bad. Arguing is bad. It's shameful. And so I'm either going to just sit still or at some point it explodes. And then I'm even more embarrassed at myself that we have lost a sense that naturally with peers, we are meant to push and, 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 and and negotiate between each other because that's the only way you actually get to know each other. Feel into this. How many of you have relationships where you have a sense that we can't argue too much, that it would be dangerous to the relationship? It would feel like, something could end. That is very scary. The best we can do is agree to disagree, which sometimes is useful. But there are other times when there are things that really need resolution. Things need to be discussed. There are different points of view that need to be aired. And when people have not been allowed to be wrestling with each other as puppies, to find their own sense of who I be in the world, that there's me and then there's you, that any sort of dissension or pushing back on the other becomes highly scary, terrifying. People run from conflict instead of a sense of, oh, well, this is interesting. Now, this doesn't mean that conflict is always 
enjoyable or pleasant. But there does seem to be more of a sense that this is not the end of life or the end of the world and that you won't abandon me if I push back against you. And then if we're arguing over a piece of rabbit and one of us gets it and the other one doesn't, there's no ghosting that results. There's no uh, abandonment or total shunning of somebody if someone doesn't agree. This second dance is where people really struggle because we've been we've had our legs cut off from under us. Um, I believe in, in another clip I'll get into how and why I think this has happened. There's been an overemphasis on um, let's not argue that um, any sort of disagreement is seen as a scary and bad thing instead of a necessary, um, it's food for the relationship. I invite you to think in terms of your relationships, people close to you. Do you have people where you can push back against, that you feel safe in disagreeing, and that they feel safe in disagreeing with you, pointing something out, calling out something, um, in uh, more in terms of calling in rather than a public shaming of calling out, um, that that doesn't have you totally destroyed in your ego and in shame and worried that nobody loves you. That this second dance doesn't have to feel like everything is a life or death struggle between agreement and disagreement. It's just where, where would you be and where would I be? Our boundaries. The second dance is all about boundaries. Because when you think about it, if you are doing everything in the first dance and being a mama dog and my job is to prop everyone else up to show everybody how much I care and I want to um, give a lot of advice because I mean well, even if they didn't ask, I can't stop but trying to help everybody and I'm starting to get really resentful that no one helps me. And, but in, in that energetic, especially you know, it, it, you, when you look at it energetically, There's no sense of boundary. It's as if the mother is pouring herself into her puppies because that's what she's doing as she's nursing them. She is giving her pups her energy, whether it's her milk or whatnot, because the puppies don't have enough of their own energy system. They don't have enough sense of me versus you. We're one big energetic blob nursing with mom. And that's a very important part of development. But if you don't move on to the second dance, feel into what a mess life can be when you don't have a sense of boundary of me and you and how this can really be a problem with friendships and dating relationships. Many people struggle with this. They go through life nursing everybody. And it is, as I said in the previous clip, it is a libido killer. It also sets people into a sense of irritating other people. Because if you're always being the nursemaid to others, you are on some level sending a signal to the other person that you don't think that they can handle life without you, that they need you. And there's a little bit of a hierarchy feeling. And in fact, many of my clients report feeling like they feel more evolved than everybody else. And... This is understandable, but it's not really accurate that people set themselves up 
or on a higher plane to help everyone else. And eventually other people start to resent this feeling. And um, my clients often feel report feeling very exhausted at constantly trying to nursemaid everyone. And I've been very good at getting people out of this first dance and into the second one. Do you know what it's like to dance with peers? When nobody is ahead of you or behind you, that it's equal and you can speak out and push against someone else without feeling like this could be a deathly event of abandonment or murder or something destructive. Now, this second dance is different from the third dance, which is a a third dance is the dance with authority. It's a different power dance. And I'll save that for another clip. But I invite you to be curious. What would your life be like if you mastered the second dance more? If you've been painting all of your relationships with the first dance and nursemaiding everyone, there's nothing wrong with that. But ask yourself, how does that feel? Is that the type of relationships with the world that you want? Or do you find yourself exhausted, resentful, and wondering when, you're, when other people will pour into you? So be curious about what would it be like if you could be more yourself and push against other people with peers in disagreements, saying how you really feel, or does it feel like they will all shun you and run away? So stay tuned. I'll do a clip on the third dance, which is the one with authority, which is also uniquely different from being a nursemaid or playing with peers. And some people do struggle with this dance with authority. They, they, um, I'll save that for the next clip. I hope this is useful. As usual, if you found this useful, subscribe to this channel, share it with your friends, and I welcome your comments. Rock on.